Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Drop. 
From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Ranked, the 70th edition of the show. And today, it is just me. This is being released on Thanksgiving Day here in these states and wherever you're celebrating it. Maybe you're overseas, stationed overseas. Maybe you're, uh, you're living overseas, but you're still celebrating or maybe you don't celebrate at all but it's a big holiday for us here uh that uh you know uh, over the years and decades and centuries has just transformed into family food uh maybe football and definitely naps but also uh, i like the idea i like the focus of thanksgiving and gratitude all right i don't think there's a lot of things wrong with that and that's the spirit I'm taking into this solo episode of Star Wars Rank. Just me today, like I said. And I wanted to share with you the things I am thankful for from Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. But not the scenes and the characters and all the big moments we often talk about and break down here on Force Center. I'm going a little behind the scenes. These are just the, the, the individuals and the contributors to... Star Wars, Episode Four: A New Hope, or maybe you grew up and just called it Star Wars like I did. Maybe it is uh, the only the special edition version, all that, but we're going back to 77. We're going back to the beginning. As we race towards Rise of Skywalker, which is, I mean, gosh, we're, we're talking weeks away now. That's exciting. We are in this season of The Mandalorian. And no spoilers here if you haven't seen it yet. But it is doing a pretty damn good job of sweeping the Star Wars nation. Uh, it is, It is. I, I hate using the term unite everybody. But it, it, there's a general very positive feeling and vibe for that show. We got Fallen Order. We got books and comics. We just got, as we've always said here in Force Center, a lot of things that make it just a great time to be a Star Wars fan, something that we said a lot in the first few weeks and months and, and broadcasts here on Force Center. And I think five years later, that is still a feeling we have around these parts. A great time to be a Star Wars fan. But as I was thinking about that, as I was looking towards the end of the saga, I wanted to go to the beginning. And what are the things, the people, uh, the contributors from New Hope that I'm just really thankful for? Because I always talk about this phrase, we all say it, but it feels like Star Wars, or it doesn't feel like Star Wars, and that is a moving target. I really do feel it is a moving target, and anyone who is a creator or a creative executive in Star Wars, and you have to you have to hit that mark, but it sometimes moves because it sometimes is different for each individual, but overall... I really do believe there is something that just feels like Star Wars. You know it when you see it. And if you go back to 1977 and, you know, 76, 75, when they're making this thing, and then when it's out and about in 78, 79, you just, you just look at these folks, and they didn't know it at the time. They were just doing their job or having fun, or they were a part of a, a British uh, crew that didn't know what they were making, or they were actors who weren't sure what they'd signed up for, or a director and writer who was stressed, overworked, overwhelmed, and not sure if he could get his true vision of a 1930s serial modern myth for uh, the fans of the 70s and beyond. He didn't know if he could get it done. And it takes all kinds. It takes a Star Wars village, a two-and-all village from Force Awakens, right? 
And George did not do it alone. That's that's definitely known. And sometimes I think it's easy to poke, not fun, but just poke George in the side uh, because he is the creator. And he absolutely is. But there's so many people that made it uh, even that much better. And I know George would admit that at Star Wars Celebration or Orlando. I loved how he just simply said, here's John Williams, and he is the secret sauce of Star Wars. So there's those big kind of names that I'm always thankful for and you're always thankful for. So as we do here sometimes on Star Wars Ranked, we're going to take some of those names, like George Lucas and John Williams, and we're going to take them off the board, put them kind of in the Star Wars Ranked Hall of Fame. Because if George didn't put pencil to notepad back in, what, 71, 72, 73, he finally sits down to start and write that thing. If he doesn't do that, none of this exists, and we get that. And John Williams is, of course, someone you should be thankful for in Star Wars. But I want to take them and put them on the shelf that they belong so that we all may look up at them and go, and praise them. Um, But I want to look at some other names. So this is my Star Wars ranked list of my gratitude, my thanks for the people that made 1977 Star Wars and really created that feeling, that vibe, that look that is Star Wars. A standard we need to, and you always should, hold everything up against, even if those standards sometimes change, flex, and adapt. Here we go. Number five, the Kenner team. That's right. Got to give them credit. Especially if you're a child of the 70s and the 80s. I am always referencing that Toys That Made Us episode. I, I love that series. Uh, Brian Volkweiss, kind of the lead producer on there, had a chance to meet him on Clutter Jedi Council. Uh, good dude. Uh, really, um, really passionate about these toys and the ideas and, and the, their influence. And I really think they hit a home run with that first episode. Uh, it was a little harsh on the prequels. Sure. What isn't? Um, but it's there and it really put a highlight. And there's been other, don't get me wrong, there's been other documentaries specifically about Star Wars toys. They're there. They existed. Uh, they exist. But Stories That Made Us just, uh, it was a great little package. It gets me emotional every time I watch that episode. And because of that, I want to I wanna shout out some specific people. And there's a long list. I'm focusing on Jim, Jim Swearingen, who was kind of like the first guy who was the one who is in the opening sequence where uh, you know they have uh, an actor portraying him meeting John Dykstra and the team that uh, eventually would become ILM uh, at a warehouse in Van Nuys, seeing the Falcon being shot and just realizing the, the potential here and pushing for it. And it's a miracle, well-documented, uh, uh, a relatively small, though known company, but relatively small company, Kenner out of Cincinnati, Ohio, working out of the Kroger building there. Um, got this contract. No one else wanted it. They saw the potential. And it is someone like Jim Swearingen who saw it, who got it, and helped fuel it and make it happen. And there's uh, one of my favorite, David Okada. He's the guy who cut out his socks and turned it into a Jawa so they could kind of pitch that. And every time I watch that episode at the end of it, he gets me crying when he's just talking about what toys mean and how they can inspire children time and time again, particularly with Star Wars, and it, and it gets me. I want to shout out Jim Kipling. He's the lawyer. What a character. 
What a character. And when I, I did talk to Brian Volkweiss off camera about Kipling, he said we, it was, we had him for a short amount of time. We, it was hard to get him. Uh, we go over there to shoot, and he has all the binders. He has it all. We, we didn't even ask for that. He showed up with it, ready to talk, and you just kind of had to contain him as he told his story, and he was great. And uh, there's others on the team, and I, I'm leaving a lot of them out there. Watch the documentary if you want to uh, really kind of relive it. But I absolutely think when I look back at the beginning, and I look back at Star Wars, and I look at what is Star Wars, clearly it's toys. Joseph and I have been really having a lot of fun diving into the Star Wars ranked figure lines uh, list of, of a lot of the figures going back to the mid 90s. And we're not even talking the classic ones. We're talking to the mid 90s. And man, it's just so cool. It is uh, so much a part of Star Wars, those toys. And when you take them home, that is you marketing the movie to yourself, to your friends and carrying on the stories. I think it contributes a lot to the expectations that we have for stories because we've been creating these stories time and time again. And when it comes to Mandalorian, you keep it. It's now, it's now become kind of a joke, an inside joke, almost when I keep saying it of, you know, Favreau and, and, and Filoni, they're just dumping their action figures on the floor and playing with them in that series. But that's part of it. And that's, and, and it works. And you hear that and you go, yeah, yeah, no, that's because I did that too. And I think the Kenner team did such an amazing job of taking Star Wars off the screen, not really knowing, coming late to the game. It isn't like now, you know, we they, you couldn't even have toy leaks in 76 for this because they were like not even sure what they're doing. They had to go watch the movie and take notes in the theater, right? That's part of the interviews, part of the documentary I love. The famous uh, early bird box uh, debacle, but now I think it's so great as part of history of just like, we don't have toys for the Christmas season. Um, here, uh, take this uh, cardboard. Th- we'll send you, we swear we'll send you figures later. But it's all part of the myth and all part of the lore and all part of the standards we have for our Star Wars toys. And I think there's so many wonderful Star Wars figures and collectibles now. The Lego line just itself is just something I'm always particularly uh, fascinated with. And I have trouble even taking them out of the box because I just love the packaging. I love what they they represent. You see uh, the Death Star set, and you're like, ah, look at that. That is the Death Star, the thing that menaced so many in the galaxy, killed so many in the galaxy, and was big in my childhood. It's now in a Lego box, and it represents something. That's what these toys do. It's part of the standards. And yes, we have great ones now, but we're still holding the, the toys now to the standards of before. Joseph and I bemoan a lot about, oh, we just want... We just want to line with a lot of those little weirdos in the background. Kenner needed to do that because they needed to fill out the line. It wasn't like uh, prune face was a figure that the world was clamoring for. But in 1983, the, yeah, you wanted him. He was in the background. He was there. You wanted every figure. And that just expanded the galaxy, expanded our love of this silly little space opera. Because you could literally take every corner of it home to you. You could literally open it from a box and play with all the figures, all the characters. And that was set. That tone was set. And the toys were made by that Kenner team. And that is why they're number five on my list. The people I'm thankful for from 1977. Number four, going with an actor. There's lots to choose from. Lots to choose from. You could go to the big three. Harrison, Mark, Carey. Go to Peter Mayhew. Peter Cushing, you could go to David Prowse in the suit, James Earl Jones with the voice. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say that a lot of my gratitude 
is focused on Sir Alec Guinness. I'll tell you what. Lucas talks often. Uh, you'll listen to the prequel commentaries, as I have been doing, really for the first time, really taking him in for the first time. And he talks often of, well, you know, the acting's supposed to be like 1930s. It's supposed to be a little wooden cardboard and over the top at times. And and that's a weird love George, but sometimes he's got that, you know, let me rewrite history again and again and again because he knows some of the critiques of the prequels are the wooden acting. And he says, well, that was intentional. And, and I think that's fun. I, I think there's some truth in it. But we do like when those moments, uh, when those actors break out of those moments. I think Ewan McGregor does that a lot. And Harrison Ford is great. Carrie Fisher is great. Mark Hamill great. I always, we could talk about their performances all day. But I'm going back to 77. Actually, I'm going back to 75, 76 when they made this thing. And how vitally important it was to have venerable actors like Peter Cushing, who definitely set the tone for what an icy, cold, imperial officer villain should be, not the bumbling ones around. And you know I love my bumbling villains in Star Wars. But Sir Alec Guinness shows up. He's a sir. He's a legend. And he gets this script. Thinks, yes, the dialogue's atrocious. But I couldn't stop turning the page. I couldn't stop. I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to play a wise old mentor in a morality play. So he shows up. And with people around him not sure what is happening, a director a step away from having just a complete nervous breakdown, a DP, Gil Young, who just kind of hated it all and told George, sit in the corner and I'll get the shots for you. A British crew just absolutely messing with George, absolutely voting against any overtime every day so that George had to wrap up a little bit too soon absolutely causing problems and not believing in what was going on. And it's understandable. This is uh, the mid-70s. And you've got people running around in space costumes and capes and a walking dog. Yeah, it seems a little weird. But here is Sir Alec Guinness to come along and provide some weight, some of that gravitas that we'd want. And doing it just like a pro. I love, there's a scene, you can find some uh, outtakes out there of New Hope, search for them. Uh, it's Han and, and Peter Mayhew, uh, you know, as Chewbacca, Mark Hamill as Luke, all sitting there in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and there's Sir Alec Guinness. And Harrison and Luke, uh, uh, Harrison, I keep calling them like their real names, Harrison and Mark, they're real to me. Harrison and Mark are messing about. Mayhew's in the costume, the crew's shaking the ship, they're laughing, there's some, there's some bloopers some takes that need to be redone. And in the middle of it all, it's just Alec Guinness smiling, bemused, professional, letting the kids have their fun, but truly an anchor. And he set that tone back in 77 of what, what you could reach in terms of acting in these, in these films. Again, the big three did it. They did it. But every time an actor comes on to Star Wars, I think you can look to what Alec Guinness did treated it so real. He gave it the respect it deserved. Even if he had doubts on set, even if he years later would say, Star Wars, not my favorite. I do enjoy my 2% on the back end, but <laughs> not my favorite thing. Whatever he says. His relationship with Star Wars was sometimes, uh, you know, prickly. Um, but that is the thing. That's the thing. Despite that, it doesn't matter. What he brought to it, what he provided, 
I think it's very important. It really set the tone. And I think of Peter Jackson. And he talks about how in, in making The Lord of the Rings, they were like, we're, get, we're doing a wizard and dragon story. It's, it's out there. As classic as it is, it is out there. But we are going to treat it as real. We're going to treat it serious. Star Wars is silly. Star Wars is over the top. But at the core is this very, very strong feeling that it's really happening. And I think a lot of that, that feeling of it, can be attributed to Sir Alec Guinness. He was a space wizard with a laser sword in the middle of a desert planet in a crazy bar, hacking, <laughs> hacking a walrus man in two. But he treated it as real. And I think that is one of his biggest contributions. And I'm very thankful for it. Number three. It's, well, fittingly, three people. It's Marshall Lucas, Paul Hirsch, and Richard Chu. The editors. The editors that took this project over and took it home. Much has been said, much has been written about the editing of Star Wars, A New Hope, the first go-around. You can see some of those shots. It, it didn't work. George, George got through principal production, principal photography, and here he was in an editing bay looking at his... His movie collapsing around him. It didn't work. So he got his then wife, Marsha Lucas, who was uh, at the time, I do believe, working on a Scorsese uh, project. Uh, got her, and there's Paul Hirsch, and there's Richard Chu. And they saved the film. It is amazing if you have even a wisp of knowledge of what goes on in Hollywood. It is amazing to think that anything gets made. It only seems to be harder uh, as, as time goes on. How these movies even come in for any kind of landing, even the bad ones, even more so the bad ones. It's a miracle. It's a miracle things get past meetings, past development phases, that everyone can come on board. A movie is made three times in the writing, the shooting, and then in the editing. You, you have a chance to completely remake movies in the editing bay. And Star Wars was without a doubt saved. And these, these three names were rewarded Oscar winners. And much, unfortunately, can be said about Marsha Lucas being ousted. You can listen to Jennifer Landers' uh, Happy Beeps episode a while ago, profiling Marsha Lucas. It's just one of those dark spots on uh, the history of Star Wars for me. Uh, divorced after her and uh, Lucas uh, got divorced and, and had a little falling out. She essentially erased from the history books, essentially. Um, not completely, but I didn't grow up really, really knowing her impact. And there was documentaries, there was magazines, behind the scenes. Um, some books not as in-depth maybe as ones that came out. The making of books not as in-depth as the ones that came out. But enough material existed out there for me, a child of the 80s who was obsessed with Star Wars. I knew... I knew who Marsha Lucas was. I knew she was at one point George Lucas's wife. And there is a couple shots, I think a couple clips and a couple of uh, uh, photos that, uh, that are kind of ones that you see a lot of the making of or behind the scenes thing um, of her in the editing bay. Uh, I think, I think there's something with the rancor. Lucas is talking about how, you know, he should you know, slurp up the Gamorrean guard like a, like a noodle. And she's there. And so I was very aware of that, but, it wasn't until I got older that I learned that she led the team 
that saved this film in editing. And Paul Hirsch and Richard Schu were there as well. The three of them together created Star Wars. Not created in terms of George Lucas, but they created what we now know as Star Wars. They gave us that movie. And yes, George likes to fudge with it, likes to change it. We understand the McClunky of it all. But George is an editor at heart, too. He loves editing. He really does. But this team really set the tone again. That's the key, setting the tone, setting the standards. What is Star Wars? What feels like Star Wars? They had something to do with it. Yes, George and his wipes. Yes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the pacing, the feel, and how the look was transmitted out to us. A lot of it, maybe perhaps all of it, at least a larger percentage, had to do with Marshall Lucas, Paul Hirsch, and Richard Chu. So that is why they're number three on my list of people I'm thankful for from 77. Number two is Ben Burt. If you read uh, uh, my book, Why We Love Star Wars, I wrote quite a few little moments about Ben Burt. The sounds, the sounds of a galaxy far, far away. We talk about John Williams and his music, Secret Sauce Indeed. I think the other secret sauce is Burt. From the pew-pew of the blasters, all the way up to the sonic uh, seismic charges, I should say, in, in, in Attack of Clones. doesn't matter. The sounds are his. And for him to go craft... The sounds of this movie in the mid-70s. Chewbacca. Again, the blasters. The sound of the lightsabers. TIE fighters. The X-wings. Going into hyperspace. R2-D2. Darth Vader's breathing. All of it. All of it from the genius mind of Ben Burt. If any one of those sounds doesn't work... I'm not saying Star Wars doesn't have the uh, impact, uh, you know, it has. I don't think that changes too much. The themes or everything was there big. But could you imagine if it not worked? If the blasters weren't a sound that just absolutely sounded like a gun in space? If Chewbacca, again, one of the biggest risks, I talk often about one of the biggest risks in Star Wars was Empire Strikes Back basing a lot of the movie and a big chunk, important chunk of the movie on a puppet. Despite Jim Henson, despite Frank Oz, despite this was an era where the Muppets reigned supreme. Again, I'm a kid that spent a lot of Saturday nights watching, well, the Mandrell Sisters show, but also the Muppet show. Uh, it, maybe, maybe it doesn't seem as weird, but when you think about it, Yoda's a big risk. It's a puppet. And you're having your main character sit across and learn from a puppet. And it worked. But as big as that one is, I have to go to Chewbacca. This image of Lucas's big dog, Indiana, right? And is scrunched up in the car. And what a co-pilot. And the dog becomes the co-pilot. It's a walking, talking dog, right? That's what Chewie is. Loyal like dogs. Lovable like dogs. Tough. Resilient like dogs. That's Chewie. The fact that this seven-foot-plus-tall creature is walking around, bandolier, no shorts, no underwear. Is, uh, they, uh, I love that moment from the Empire Dreams documentary of Hamill talking about uh, they were really upset about the Wookiee. Maybe should should have like some lederhosen. Um, all of that could have gone terribly wrong. And if you were a crusty British film crew uh, person, 
in '76, uh, looking at uh, this guy running around in a, in a in a Bigfoot costume, essentially, you might you know be it might be a little understanding that uh, you're uh, dubious of this film's chances to uh, make its mark. Um, but it does make its mark, and Chewie works, and in a large part is because of the way he sounds. For Ben Bird to go capture walruses and lions and any creature under the sun and turn it into a workable howling walking dog character, I think it's one of the biggest risks that paid off. Vader's breathing is iconic. The the, the blaster sounds are are the sounds of the wars in Star Wars, uh, Tie Fighters, everything everything you can list, you know it. It came for the most part from one man, Ben Burt, and. All he had to work with was Earth. He had to create the sound of a galaxy far, far away, and he did it. He did it. So that's why I am eternally thankful to Ben Burt. I do still wish he was involved with Star Wars. Uh, not part of uh, the new stuff. Uh, it's been a documented, not been around. Matthew Wood, his protege, and Matthew Wood's equally as talented, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, handling a lot of the stuff, but Ben Bird is back. He's backing away. He is BD one from Jedi fallen order. He is the sounds of that wonderful, lovable droid. And it is, uh, it's one of the reasons I just love that character. I do love that droid. And it's good to have Ben Bird back because he belongs in star Wars for, he is very much a reason to be thankful. Star Wars in 1977. We'll be back after this quick break here on Star Wars Ranked here on the Four Center Podcast feed. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. 
That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back here to Star Wars Ranked on the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Epsack, and we are taking a look at 1977 and, and going through my personal list of people involved with the production of that movie. I just want to show a little thanks, a little gratitude on this Thanksgiving day, at least for me and a lot of people listening. So that's where we're at. Uh, number one is on the way. Uh, you know, we always like to do honorable mentions when we have them here. And uh, there's some honorable mentions, people I haven't mentioned on this list, and uh, people I won't uh, mention here in the number one spot. I do want to give some honorable mentions to Gary Kurtz, Lucas's producing partner in the first two movies. And some would say, hey, when he left and parted with the ways of Lucas, you know, look what we got. We got Jedi, and and that's a sign of things to come. And, you know, I understand that. I understand that. I think, uh, George, when you're in a position of power, man, when you are the creator, you're going to have a lot of people coming at you. You're going to have a lot of people interpret that what you do is wrong. It's the boss effect. Not despite popular opinion, not every boss is the jerk, even when you think they are. They are doing their job the best they can. Sometimes there's bad bosses out there, trust me. But George is the boss, and you're going to have disputes with the boss, and the boss is going to have you do things you don't want to do. And in the end, he's the boss. She's the boss. Well, when it came to Gary Kurtz and George Lucas, George was the boss. But Gary Kurtz had as much to do with the success as anyone else on this list, and he's an honorable mention. also wanted to put down Charles Lippincott. Charles Lippincott was the, the PR guy, the marketing guy, who really was tasked with something hard. We're talking about uh, Star Wars 77 here. And I'm talking about the crew not believing in it. Uh, some of the actors maybe not sure what they're doing. Big risks, big swings to make this come true. And at the end of the day, after it was made, someone had to get the word out. And no one really was sure how to get the word out, right? What is this? 
Lippincott was the one in charge of that. Lippincott, Charles Lippincott, had a lot to do with it. Empire of Dreams documentary really highlights Lippincott a lot. And one of the big things that is uh, well known that he did is going down to San Diego Comic-Con when it was like 50 nerds and, uh, and like conference tables. And I love those shots of seeing Star Wars at Comic-Con, at San Diego Comic-Con. The granddaddy of them all. When absolutely no one cared. But Lippincott, just like a lot of other people on this list, quote, setting the tone for the Star Wars franchise going forward, Lippincott was part of that team too. So there's some honorable mentions. Uh, a lot of people behind it. Uh, John Dykstra, Phil Tippett, Dennis Murin, all those names that, I mean, I, I don't think I'm, I know I'm not alone. Growing up, Growing up and reading about this, there is so much because of, uh, well, podcasts and books and tell-all books and this and that and documentaries, and we love looking back. I love Toys That Made Us, but that's popular because we love looking back, and we're selling this nostalgia to ourselves, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Uh, this the, the art uh, <laughs> became pop culture art in, in, in the late 70s and 80s, and that's what we grew up with it. And you want to know why nostalgia is strong? Because... Uh, folks like me in my age bracket grew up with this stuff. And when you grew up with Star Wars in the late 70s and early 80s and all through the late 80s, towards those dark times when Star Wars wasn't as popular or wasn't everywhere, you knew these names. You knew Phil Tippett, Joe Johnston. You knew John Dykstra, Dennis Murin. When they went on to do other things, or I'd see them pop up in other behind-the-scenes uh, document, I'd be like, hey, this is Star, it's Star Wars. Phil Tippett's the Star Wars guy. I remember when Joe Johnson started directing movies. And what did he do, like third or third or fourth uh, Jurassic Park movie? I forget. I, I, even then, like we're, we're like well into the 90s. So like, oh, this, uh, Joe Johnson from Star Wars. He's the Star Wars guy. That's how big these names are. They are as known Ralph McQuarrie. Oh, by the way. Oh, God, I forgot Ralph. Oh, we got to put Ralph into the Hall of Fame. Oh, Ken, how could you do that? Oh, we're going to do that. I'm not going to go back. We're, 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 I want to be exposed. I forgot Ralph. Ralph McQuarrie belongs in this gratitude list Hall of Fame. Talk about set and tone. He got this movie <laughs> sold probably by, by pitching the visuals. Um, but again, there you go. All these names. All these names are, are on the list, and, and you grew up with them. So uh, there are uh, there's some honorable mentions, but we get to my number one. Hollywood is a business. This we know. Show business. Show business. And unless or until you get all the power to make what you want and call your own shots, which, by the way, is still rare and even then, you can go make a movie uh, entirely on your money. And you can make it with your equipment, with a cast you pay yourself. It could be all your friends. You could go make a movie all by yourself. You still got to find a way to get it distributed. You still got to find a way for people to see it. And if you want it to be any kind of love of success, it just can't be on your own website or anything. You got to distribution is key. Studio saying yes is key. Over the Knapsack Files podcast feed, occasionally I like playing around with this dumb character I have named Dutch Allen. He's a he's an old school Hollywood producer, and he says, "Go picture, kid." You got to have that person saying, "Go picture, kid." And for Star Wars, the man that made it happen, he is soft spoken, the son of a legendary actor. 
he took a chance on Star Wars and he made sure 20th Century Fox did. He is Alan Ladd Jr. And without him, I think you can honestly say, outside of George Lucas, all these other names on the list I'm showing gratitude towards, if someone else is in their place, it would not have been as good. Ben Burt needs to be there. Marshall Lucas, Paul Hirsch, Richard Shute need to be there. Sir Alec Guinness needs to be Obi-Wan. The Kenner team, they took the shot with toys. But all the honorable mentions, all the names, someone else could have done it. I don't think it would have been as good. I think it's a miracle, touched by the force, that this all happens. But all of them could be different names. You need two names for Star Wars to happen, I think. George Lucas and Alan Ladd Jr., no one wanted to make this picture. All right, so he comes out of USC, makes THX 1138. Bob Duvall's in it, great. And, but then, you know, we're coming, we got, we got 2001 Space Odyssey, we got that kind of stuff, sure, 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 sure. But then he makes American Graffiti, and, and wow, now you got a star in the making. Now you got to talk about nostalgia. There you go, it's baked into it, right? Um, for him to follow that up. And remember, George and Gary Kurtz wanted to go to Apocalypse Now. They were going to make the Star Wars space picture and move on to the real stuff. You got this kid who makes American Graffiti, and you say, oh, great. This is great. What do you want to do now? Well, it's this thing called, you know, the adventures of Luke Starkiller as taken from the Journal of the Wills, uh, Chapter 1, the Star Wars. Huh? Yeah, it's set, in, it's set in space, but it's a long time ago, and it's a galaxy far, far away, and there's no real science in it. It's just it's spaceships and laser swords. There's like Jedi, Bendu knights, and the, 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 the Asha force, you know, you know the, uh, the force. And there's a, a villain. He's like a robot, but not a robot. He's got a cape, and he's, he's, he can't breathe on his own. There's, a, there's like a walking dog. He flies the spaceship with the smug. No, you don't want this. It's a hard sell. Hard sell in the mid 70s. But Alan Ladd Jr. loved American graffiti, believed in George. And he absolutely is the reason we have Star Wars. George creates it. We need that to happen. Alan Ladd Jr. has to say, Yes, he has to go to the president of Fox, Gordon Stolberg, and say, I need you to consider making this Star Wars picture. And then when things started going wrong, film over budget, things aren't working, dailies look like a mess, the edit's not great, board of directors at 20th Century Fox are going, what did we do to the American Graffiti guy? Did, did, did what? You got sandstorms, you got problems on location. British crew wants to murder the director. The director's got having nervous breakdowns. All he can say is faster, more intense. Alan Ladd, who is so quiet, so strong in that quietness, such strength to him, Laddie, as he's known. He stands tall. He says, yes, he says, don't worry. This is going to work. And it does. And it does at the first public screening uh, legend says up in North Point theater up in San Francisco um, lad was moved to tears and 
well-earned tears because he supported this. He leaves a couple years later, 77, goes, forms his own company, the Land Company, um, which um, uh, he dresses in Empire Dreams that, that Star Wars was such a success that it hurt him because now Lucas is making money off of uh, merchandising, which wasn't in the plans, and no one, not Lad Jr.'s fault, no one's really thinking that is an option, right? And uh, he goes, um, you know, he, he, he took the hit for that, Lad Jr. Um, forms his own company, leaves 20th Century Fox. Lucas loses an ally, by the way, part of the reason uh, he took Indiana Jones with Spielberg to Paramount. Um Fascinating, fascinating part of the Star Wars story. Alan Ladd Jr.'s got a great career. Talk about things he's produced um, from the Night Shift, Police Academy, Chariots of Fire, The Right Stuff, Gone Baby Gone. Went on to produce a lot of other things. Had his hands in a lot of a lot of things, um, including Braveheart, by the way. But all that was uh, his first big win, at least for me, was Star Wars. And we don't have any of this without Alan Ladd Jr. So on this Thanksgiving Day, I want to show gratitude. I want to show thanks to the people that made Star Wars possible, that helped form this, create a look, set the tone. Everything we celebrate with Star Wars now has to do with this list and many others not mentioned here. What's your list? Who do you want to show gratitude for building this silly little space opera, which is also the greatest saga ever told? If you want to let me know, you can reach out and follow me at Ken Napsuck or follow the Four Center podcast feed on Twitter at Four Center Pod. Use the hashtag Star Wars Rank to join this conversation. You can like us on Facebook. We have an Instagram page, YouTube page as well. We try getting some stuff up there uh, when we can. We're still mostly an audio based uh, uh, Star Wars feed, but uh, who knows what the future will hold. Uh, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Four Center. If you want to support, help us reach our goals and keep the lights on here for this business. Uh, don't forget, right now with The Mandalorian going, we have a special show called The Mandalorian Report. You can find that on our feed as well as main shows and these bonus shows. And uh, don't forget, you can follow Joseph Scrimshaw at Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. Jennifer is uh, still out. Uh, uh, you know, she had her second child recently, and she's on a very well-earned uh, maternity leave uh, here at Force Center. But she's still part of the team. You can find a recent episode she did anticipating Mandalorian, uh, her episode of Happy Beeps. You can go back and check out the other ones again. Check out that one on Marshall Lucas, and, and she's got a great one on Ben Burt. Uh, here's the secret. Jen does the best stuff around here. And Joseph and I, we're just happy to have her on the team. So uh, hopefully she'll be back in studio real soon. We're not rushing her for that. Of course, we are in a season of Star Wars. A lot to talk about. We have the main show going with our own personal force on a road to the rise of Skywalker. We're really diving in deep, looking at things in the past and what it can tell us about uh, potentially happening in episode nine, but also uh, celebrating Star Wars as we always do. We are so happy to have you all along for the ride. So that is it for this week. Uh, a big thanks to all of you for what you do and all your support, making us, making us really happy. We love celebrating Star Wars with you. That's it. We'll see you next week. Star Wars has been ranked.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.